You're listening to Young Honest Mother, the podcast. Here, we'll chat about all things marriage, motherhood, and modern home economics. In all honesty, I'm your host, Maurice Young. Well, hello there, and welcome back to another solo show episode of Young Honest Mother, the podcast. My husband and I are currently diving deep into all things financial right now as we chart our course towards moving into a new home by the end of 2020. And since I've got my mind on my money and my money on my mind, I decided to sit down and open the doors to a conversation that often tends to go unspoken. Money supports almost everything we do in life. And yet it seems that mums the word when it comes to how we earn, spend, invest, save, donate, and share it. But Whether we grow up in environments where conversations about money are swept under the rug or laid out on the table, we internalize stories about what money means. We tend to attach emotions, beliefs, and behaviors to money without even realizing it. They are rooted in so deep that we often forget that they are even there. Slowly but surely, these legends begin to loom over the decisions that we make, and before long, the money mindset that's been forged by a lifetime of subconscious patterning can manifest into mental blocks, relationship conflicts, financial irresponsibility, and more. But we don't have to resign ourselves to staying stuck in these narratives. These days, as I engage in more and more money-centric, honest conversations with my husband, I've uncovered my fair share of financial fictions. And what I've come to realize is that the stories I've held on to about money were germinated by some single grain of truth that has since become distorted by varying points of view. So I'm faced with a choice. Allow these stories to continue on unchecked or re-examine them. I think you know which one I decided to choose. I'm working on reframing my money myths by actively identifying the stories I've attached to money, challenging that narrative, and then changing the lens in which I view these situations. Let's face it, in all honesty, money is essential to modern home economics. And because I'm committed to shedding light on the meaningful topics that are often overlooked, I am compelled to share five money myths that I've been reframing recently. So let's dive in. Money myth number one, aiming to earn more money makes me greedy, selfish, unaltruistic, and kind of all of the above. Reframe. Aiming to earn more money will help me to be even more generous in the way in which I can take care of my family, my community, and causes that are dear to my heart. Okay, a little context here around this. I've been quick to conflate earning money with identities that I am loath to associate myself with. And thus, I've distanced myself from the desire to earn money, lest it thrust me into a role that I've never wanted to play. But when I really stepped back and took the time to think about it, I couldn't ignore the fact that money is involved in almost every aspect of how my husband and I take care of ourselves and our family. And then eventually I realized that earning more of it would actually allow for us to establish a lasting legacy for our family. It would allow us to be even more generous with donating to causes that we believe in and 
blessing neighbors in need. See how liberating reframing all these money myths can be? Okay, on to the next. Money myth number two. Selling is pushy, forceful, and slimy. Reframe. Selling is simply sharing. Okay, a bit of context here. I hear this one a lot from women who are contemplating starting their own business, a new venture, or just putting themselves out there to talk about what they find to be important, valuable, and meaningful. And what I've come to find is that oftentimes we hold ourselves back in putting ourselves out there, in starting that new thing, in staking our own claim by telling ourselves that talking about it, selling it, product, service, you know, experience, whatever it may be, would be off-putting to others. And most of us, I think I could say, with a certain kind of confidence, we're not wanting to be outcast by our peers. We don't want to make anyone feel icky about what we're doing. And in holding ourselves back from pursuing new things because we've incorporated this mindset around selling and making money and how that is uncouth or just not respectable, we're cutting ourselves out of a lot of growth financially and otherwise. What I like to remind people and also what I have to remind myself many times is selling is simply sharing. I know it sounds too easy to even be true, but the truth is we're pretty much always sharing slash selling the things that we love. Think about it. When was the last time a friend came to you for a recommendation on a lawn service or your favorite restaurant to order takeout from or a new movie to check out on Netflix? When you come back with a recommendation, something that you've tried, tested, and loved, and you share that with the person who then goes out and buys that thing because you have recommended it to them, you are selling. We have a distorted mindset, I would say, around this area of money and finances. And in many cases, I find that it is hindering us, which is why I wanted to bring it up here. In coming back to the realization that sharing about what we love is human at its core and is part of our everyday life, from sharing recommendations with our friends to convincing our husbands to clean all the bathrooms in the house or whatever it may be, we arrive at the core functionality, the core purpose of what sales even is. And as I mentioned, it's sharing. And after we've scraped all of the misconceptions away, we're left with something that is uniquely, innately human and, and compassionate. Those are just my two cents anyway. On to the next. Money myth number three. The price is firm. Reframe. I can ask for a better deal. I used to look at price tags and see absolutely no wiggle room. If it wasn't explicitly marked down on sale, I just assumed that the price couldn't possibly budge. But then I started working at a digital marketing agency and I worked alongside the owner of the company. 
And I've got to say, I was constantly astonished at how frequently he received discounts and free upgrades. How did he do it? He just asked. I mean, as simple as that sound, he literally just asked. For example, he'd be at the cash register, the cashier's ringing up all of the things that he wanted to purchase. And my former boss would just strike up friendly conversation and ask something as harmless as, are there any Monday discounts by chance? Or, you know, insert whatever day of the week it happened to be. And the cashier would usually chuckle and say something along the lines of, no, but, hmm, uh, I could offer 10% off on this purchase. And just like that, my boss would smile, accept the discount and thank the cashier and we'd move on about our day. And, you know, I honestly, at first I thought it was just luck, I think, but as I have been reflecting more and more on this phenomenon, I realized the inciting action for receiving these discounts was asking. And I didn't believe it would work for me at first you know, asking for a better deal, but I am practicing. And the thing is, I have to remember that I'll never know whether or not a discount can be received if I don't ask. So I challenge you to try it. Best case scenario, you negotiate a better deal for yourself. Worst case scenario, you end up paying what you had already expected to. There's literally nothing to lose except a few extra dollars on your subtotal. Okay, next one. Money myth number four. Asking for paid opportunities is begging. Reframe. Accepting compensation for serving my community is merely an exchange of energy. So here's the thing. The money is neither good nor evil. Repositioning money as a neutral element brings me back to the purity of its purpose. An exchange. Trading value for money keeps the transaction balance in a way that allows for all sides to benefit in return. Simple as that. And last one, money myth number five. Out of sight, out of mind. Reframe. Being in touch with my finances helps me make responsible decisions without added anxiety. Okay, I had gotten into a habit of ignoring my finances, just kind of hoping, wishing, wanting for someone else to take care of them for me. I think, you know, it stems back to being a child and having my parents make all the financial decisions in my life. I really got used to that setup. But as I got older and I moved into my own independence, I realized, you know, after a while, let's be honest, I realized after a while that um, I couldn't continue on in that way. You know, even though it felt easier to abdicate this role, felt safer to leave matters of finance, decisions regarding all things financial in someone else's hands, I was also perpetually anxious about all the things I didn't know when it came to money. So in this time and place, I am stepping up. I am accepting this as an invitation to face the reality that my finances are my responsibility. And instead of tuning things out and sticking my head in the sand, I am dialing in, asking questions, making plans, um, researching, you know, 
ultimately I'm being involved way more than I ever have been, but it leads to me being less stressed out. And, um, and that's a good thing because there's enough things in this world to be stressed out about. So that's it. Those are my five money myths that I'm working on reframing right now. And I would love for you to join the conversation. Tell me, what's a money myth that you used to carry and how have you reframed it? You can send me an email at maris at younghonestmother.com. You can find the social media post for this episode and leave your answer in a comment there. Or you can even reply in the show notes on the website at younghonestmother.com. I can't wait to hear your thoughts. And that's it for this episode of Young Honest Mother, the podcast, which means it's time for you to join the conversation. Share your thoughts on social media and tag me at Young Honest Mother. And then pass this episode along to friends and family who need to know that they're not alone on this journey either. Until next time, I'm your host, Maurice Young.